The first step in getting closer to God is to realize that you need to or that you want to. And the second step in getting closer to God is to realize that it's possible. I want to encourage you to check out my book, Getting Closer to God, Anthologies from the Forefront Trilogy, Book 2. I think this will really be helpful to you in your pursuit of the Lord and help you understand what I learned over the first 30 plus years of my life as a believer, as a minister, and as a missionary in uh, a lot of the countries of the earth. Check it out. Anthologies from the Forefront, Book 2, Getting Closer to God. It's on Amazon. Welcome to Foundational Missions Leadership Moment. Join your host, Scott McClelland of FX Missions, as he deep dives into the lives of leaders to glean secrets that will propel today's leaders to new heights. Here's Scott. Hi, Scott McClelland here with your FX Missions Leadership Moment. Thanks for being with us. Just want to encourage you to uh, reach out, share your awareness of the leadership moment because we're trying to encourage, strengthen, and maybe inspire leaders that are currently seeking to learn and gain ground in terms of their leadership contribution. Uh, you can find us as you have on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, as well as at our website, Leaders Moment. Org. Thanks again for being here. We're excited today to be with Michael Pollard. Michael, good morning. Good morning. How are you today? Oh, I'm well. If I were any better, good I couldn't hear. stand it. <laughs> <laughs> my, my grandfather used to say, if I was any better, I'd have to be twins. I always, I mean, I think he was trying to be mysterious. It always worked on me. I'm going, eh. <laughs> got my attention. But it's good to be good, and I'm thankful to have you with us. You know, I'm, I'm the forever optimist. You know, if I can get up in the morning and first things first, get with the Lord and just ask his blessing on my day and giving me the determination and will to be inspirational as much as I possibly can. And as long as I do that, I normally have a good day. Awesome. Yes, sir. You know, the presence, the Lord's presence in our life, that's, uh, that's the main stuff. <laughs> I'm very oh, it is. for myself. It is. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you being willing to join us. Of course, we met fairly recently at a men's fellowship in the Kansas City area. A good friend introduced us, Steve Campbell, which... Uh, Steve, I've got to get him on this podcast. Maybe we'll gang oh, up yeah. on him since since he sponsored this one. We've got to get him on here. Can you give us a little bit about your background? Well, I embarked on a Navy career at age 19, and I spent 22 years in the Navy. And I was fortunate. I was mentored by some really effective leaders early on in my career. And I learned, you know, it's not who you know or what you know, it's who knows you. So I was encouraged to put myself in challenging positions where I was visible. And it ended up where I was advanced to the highest enlisted level. And that 
put me in positions where I got involved in leadership development in the Navy that led to a pretty long consulting career of leadership and organizational development after I retired, which led me to becoming certified as an executive coach, which allowed me to influence a lot of people at the managerial and leadership levels within several different organizations. That sounds like a rich history to me, Michael. And on both sides of the coin, obviously, I think military leadership can give you something all its own. I don't say that from experience, direct experience, but I have read into it significantly over the years. And I've got some good friends who are, you know, retired military. We've spent a good bit of time on the subject. And then you went on. I would guess that the civilian training that you got was a great augmentation to what you had from the military, but different. Is is there a way you'd like to characterize that in terms of what you received in each place? Well, I wouldn't say that the principles of leadership were any different. The mission were kind of different in that in the military, decisions that we made were in some cases, you know, life, not, I don't want to say life-threatening, but had higher levels of consequence. So whether you were exercising personal leadership with your own personal trustworthiness, because what was clear in the military is that you had two basic kinds of authority. You had positional authority just by virtue of transferring into a new command at a certain level. You were, when I, when I came in, I was the master chief. I was the guy that the senior officer corps relied on for that enlisted liaison and decision-making and problem-solving. But you also had a moral level of leadership or authority that was earned. So many guys Mm. and, and women would come into these positions without developing that personal level of leadership and try to inspire trust which was at the interpersonal level. And that's Mm -hmm. when they usually fell on their sword. Wow. That's something we've developed before here in the podcast. Yeah. In the corporate Mm -hmm. world, things things are not any different. You still have people that get promoted and think that their authority comes only from their position. And they usually ha- end up having serious people problems and turnover. For sure. And that, to me, is we, this is a, something we've developed a little bit here on the podcast before when it comes to, as you mentioned, and we talked about it in, in terms of positional leadership, like you say, that, that positional leadership is something that just is inherent in the position. 
It doesn't make you necessarily worthy of command as an individual. It just means that the the title carries its own Correct. weight. So we studied that some. Of course, I haven't been myself in in the military, as I mentioned, read a bunch in, into that and different kinds of leadership capacities over years. I've tried to study and understand that. And in your characterization, a little bit different than what we've seen here on the podcast, that's very interesting to me. You classified as positional or moral. And moral is basically mm-hmm. the kind of authority maybe that rests on you regardless of position. Is that is that, Was that a fair way to say Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, and it even goes into the family. You know, you can be a, a father and if you don't have moral authority, if you're not respected, it's going to lead to dysfunction. Wow. Well said. I think maybe we're slow to realize sometimes that or maybe we're slow to grow into that fact. But it is without question, just because you are a Progenitor doesn't mean that you have earned respect in that space, right? Or or that you are maybe even equipped to manage well the responsibilities inherent to the position. So I think we find people who are wanting to grow in their leadership capacity. Maybe they're in a position that was the downside of favor in my life. I was often promoted into places that were far beyond my scope which turned out to be a really quick lesson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you and I spoke about this briefly when you were here. In corporate America, most people are promoted for their management skill, their efficiency, their ability to do things efficiently. But when they grow to leaders, they have to go from being tactical, which is all about efficiency, to strategic, which is all about vision. So they've been doing things right, and that's a good thing. That's what managers do. But leaders have an added responsibility of doing the right thing. It's almost like managers get paid to work in the business where leaders get paid to work on the business. And sometimes Mm. leaders get so caught up in doing things efficiently, they make decisions or they're, they're spending their time solving problems instead of making decisions. And one of the things I learned early in the Navy was I am a problem solver for all those people above me. And I am a decision maker for all those people below me. Mm. And I've got to empower people to make good quality decisions when they're in that problem-solving mode. That way, they can come to me and say, we got a problem, and here's what I recommend we do. We either do this, this, or this. 
And I've looked at the consequences for each one of these things, and this is what I recommend we do. That way I can, as the leader, make that decision instead of getting wrapped up in the problem solving. And that's where I think many leaders fail is that they don't want to relinquish that problem-solving part of what made them good as a manager. That's uh, Thank you for that, by the way. I, I don't know that I've mm-hmm. heard it characterized exactly like that, but sure, it does have a lot of clarity. The idea that you're a problem-solver for those above you and a decision-maker for those under your uh, influence or under your command, give it puts you in a great position if you realize that to realize that you are going to let the people under you work the problem in their sphere instead of like you say if you've got that Correct. if you've just got a pure management mindset you're trying to work every problem above and below you that will that'll just that'll wear you out so it, very, it does very well characterized thank you for that yeah you know it, it also doesn't allow you to tap into the true art of motivation. As a leader, you've got to create an environment where people are motivated to produce. And as long Mm -hmm. as you are the one solving problems, doing things yourself, because your mindset or your paradigm is, if I need to get it done right, I have to do it myself. And there are a lot of people in corporate America with that mindset. And as long as they have that mindset, they're limiting themselves from ever being advanced to a higher level because they have not trained their replacement through effective delegation. And Mm. that's what is, that's one of those limiting behaviors where they've got the personal leadership end of it. They've got the interpersonal, but they dropped when it comes to empowerment. Mm. Which relates directly to the delegation of and Correct. cultivating capabilities of quality decision making at every level that you were, as you Correct. were saying there, it's important to have quality decisions. The person who is in command has to give the people under their command that capability. They have to extend it in order for that, the motivation and sort of the equipping cycle to work, right? They To be trained, you can't be trained to make good decisions if you don't have a chance to make decisions at Correct. all. And that's that micromanagement aspect you're talking about. Correct. I think it's in Stephen Covey's book, First Things First. He talks about the four L's of motivation. And these are four ideals that every person craves within every organization at every level. And this is the secret, in my opinion, 
of motivation. So when I was consulting and facilitating leadership development, when we got to the chapter on or the lesson on motivation, this was the lesson where I had everybody's full attention because they knew that if they could learn the secret of motivation, they could typically conquer every people issue that they had. And it was one of those was actually was my favorite skill set. I mean, I, I would see light bulbs going off throughout the room <laughs> where I could see where where they got it, where they got it. That paradigm shifted. And that's when it comes to facilitating leadership development. That's what I live for. Uh, that light bulb when it went off yes. in personal the personal side of life and the organizational side of life. Thank you for joining Scott with today's Leadership Moment. We hope you've apprehended an inspirational nugget or two that when activated in your own life will be imparted into those you lead. You may contact Scott at scott at fxmissions.com. Visit fxmissions.com to learn more about how you can grow your own leadership and engage in missions. Until next time, Good day, everyone.